Kind of, I think this one is kind of specific to Carrie Ann, but it's like still pretty bad. So it's still extortion. It's still extortiony. Yeah. I'll take I'll take my trademarks back. I'll take my TikToks back, and then I'll take 10k for all this pain, Carrie Ann. That's the thing. This is a mess. I can't. When you go to sue someone who doesn't have money, like suing is a different situation. Suing Carrie Ann. Carrie Ann doesn't have money. This is a mess. I want a little chunk of change. You could borrow it from And all this goes away. How about that? Just an idea. This is all just a skit, by the way, Instagram. I don't know how to, how to not get in, you know. Anyways, isn't this a fun play, everyone? I'm just practicing my acting skills here. <laughs> but seriously, this has turned into a completely different story. This isn't um, expose Allie Priestley. This <laughs> You guys try. So that's Allie trying to extort Carrie Ann. <laughs> I know. She keeps going after that and includes all of us in that. Oh, that's um, cool, but it's not. But that's the incomplete clip. Yeah. Like continues on after that. But I mean, that she just repeats herself and includes all of us. Clear, true, blue. Attempt at extortion. And the other part of it is that she follows through. Like we heard in this other call from episode 11, she literally says, I want to, what does she say? I want to destroy your business or something like specifically mm -hmm. to carry any there even. Mm -hmm. She's leaving these bad reviews. She's sending people to leave bad reviews and she's calling people. She's acting. There's action behind the words. Mm hmm. So that's part of what makes it real. Her whole weirdness about this is a skit and, and she's just like chuckling about how she's maybe getting away with something, but she's like, well, because you know, and you know too, Allie, you know that it's, you can't say this because it's a crime. Like that's why you can't say it. Yeah. That's why Instagram would take it down. That's why you have to couch your words because it's not good. You know, it's not okay. Yeah. Extortion is a crime and it involves trying to force someone or intimidate someone to benefit yourself in some way. And usually it's through money or violence. So for Allie to say, oh, give me a, a good chunk of change and this all goes away, like you literally sound like a mob boss. Like that is actual extortion. Yeah. And it's, a, it's followed up by action. It's not a joke. You can mm -hmm. only say it's just a joke, bro, for so long while your actions do the thing that your words say and expect people not to notice what's happening. And when she says, give me X amount of money and this all goes away, the this she's talking about is everything that she's been doing to each and every one of us. The the damage that she's doing to people's businesses, the weaponized welfare checks, reaching out to people's family, reaching out to bad reviews on people's businesses. That's the this that's supposed to all go away. Yeah. And then not to mention the other thing that happened this week was that she is escalating with you and has said your full name, which I didn't realize she never knew before. So somebody creepily went up and looked up your information. Yeah, she paid. She paid. She admitted that she paid for a background check. So she found 
my full name, probably with my phone number and found where I lived. I don't talk about the town that I live in because I live in a pretty small town. I always say like the biggest city near me. I live in Washington State. Everyone knows the big city in Washington State is Seattle. But the like she got pretty specific about where I lived on her Instagram, which there's only one reason why she would do that. And it's to send harm my way. And it's like blackmail. Blackmail and extortion are really closely tied too. And the blackmail part of it is something she's been doing basically the entire time. I remember back when she was like threatening the release of all the information of my family. And she said, I'm going to release your parents' address, which is like, there's zero reason for her to do that unless she wanted me to feel like my parents were in danger. They didn't feel safe or comfortable about that. I don't think she ever actually released their address, but she released a picture of my parents' home, which is creepy as hell. And that sort of slow tick up of escalating more and more of your information exposed day to day, that's like psychological torture. And it's blackmail because it's saying, if you don't do what I want, I'm going to just keep slow dripping all this information. It's blackmail. I don't know what else to I don't know how else to put it to these people like pixie frogs and these trolls who are who are I mean, I don't know what else to call it either gaslighting. It just like don't act like this isn't don't act like this is okay behavior. Yeah. And I don't think any one of us. Well, I mean, maybe I shouldn't speak for anyone else. I mean, I didn't buy her trademarks. I definitely called her out on something that I thought was shitty saying, I think you used someone's story for clout to boost your platform. That statement led to all of this, led to me being doxxed by her, which we'll talk about in detail in another episode because I want to kind of stay on track with this one. Yeah. Uh, the bold and loud threat of extortion, like it's just like it just ain't no thing, is wild to me that she could brag about this type of crime. And the thing about extortion is it's it's something that's been around for eons and it's something people with social power, something that people of privilege typically do to marginalized people. It's a it's a way to punch down and to manipulate people for your benefit, to take from them, to cause harm, to kind of step on their neck and lift yourself up. It's terrible. Yeah, and also part of the part of what the threat is is that is this calling of people's exes or dangerous people from our pasts and kind of holding that over our heads, like people that could live in our neighborhoods and people who would totally do us physical harm in real life. Like that's, uh, I think we're going to get into talking about stalking and gang stalking, but again, some of these trolls out here claiming that none of that is happening. And it's just in a very like, whether or not you prosecute something legally is a different question from whether it's legal to do. And these things are just clearly not legal. And when it gets to the point of being illegal like that, like it's just clearly a crime. Mm -hmm. When it gets to that point, don't defend it anymore. There's a reason it's that serious that it's a crime. Even the law, the law doesn't even always recognize harm. When even the law has language for why this is not okay, yeah. stop. Stop defending it. Stop defending it. In the continuation of that clip that we played at the beginning, she goes on to say that she's entitled to this random amount of money from all of us that we can all borrow from some some person we all have in common to pay her that the payment would be damages for her pain and suffering but you you don't get compensated for pain and suffering 
by extorting people. That's not the way you go after, you know, emotional damages. Extortion, it's a federal crime punishable by up to 20 years, depending on your state. Uh, Colorado has some pretty hefty laws around extortion. We looked up some landmark cases that cover cases that have been tried and won. Let's see. I found just a definition from just the dictionary, like Oxford languages, for extortion, which is the practice of obtaining something, especially money, through force or threats. Okay. This situation fits that definition to a T, especially because you're following through on the threats. Yeah. One case that I wanted to reference, it's a pretty old one, uh, the United States versus Edmonds, which was in 1973, and it was taken up to the Supreme Court. I'll just read the, the Wikipedia. It was a United States Supreme Court case where the court held the Federal Anti-Racketeering Act of 1934, known as the Hobbs Act, which didn't cover union violence. So the case involved a labor strike where the members of uh, the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers fired rifles at three utility company transformers and drained oil from another and blew up a company substation. And the labor union was seeking higher pay, like a higher pay contract and other benefits from the employer that they're working for, which is the Gulf States Utility Company. So the federal government tried the defendants under the Hobbs Act and the court ruled that the Hobbs Act, which makes it a federal crime to obstruct interstate commerce by robbery or extortion, doesn't reach the the use of violence which is readily punishable by to achieve legitimate union objectives. Like you can't, you can't like bully your way to your union goal, Mm. like getting higher wages or benefits or whatever. So that was like a pretty early extortion case, which seems like the, what they were going for was just being able to support themselves and feed their families and higher pay doesn't seem like a horrible thing to go after. But the way they went about it is um, with force, with intimidation, with destruction of property. So that was a pretty landmark case because the the act that they thought would cover them didn't. And obviously, why would it? Because it involved violence and destruction. Yeah. And it's just clear that that's the kind of thing you turn to when you don't have some other legal recourse. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of actions that you take when there is no case. And it's bizarre to me. Some Instagram person Ali connected with has now been messaging us and saying, let me pull it up really quick. She says, get lives, please. She has a very strong legal case. And the attorney talking about Ali this person is. Mm -hmm. She has a very strong legal case. And the attorney that has looked at this told me I would give it up. Who does this shit? Stop lying. Grow up. Uh, Blah, blah, blah. A very strong legal case, you say. Then do not extort people. Do this in the courts. Of course, you don't have a strong legal case or you would not be making these choices. You would not be acting like this because this is how people act when they do not have legal recourse as a first option mm-hmm. so nice. I'm, I'm my brain is broken i'm completely baffled about why these people think they have talked to lawyers unless there are people who happen to be lawyers who are giving ali bad advice that's really the only thing i can think of she has Ooh. some followers because i know she has some followers in there who are therapists who are doing abominable things for therapists to be doing with their full names right so i guess it's not out of the realm of possibility that some of these trolls are lawyers uh, or pretending to be ali will believe anything you tell her if she thinks it'll hurt the people that she hates that is any any squidward spongebob (laughs) esquire attorney at law could tell her anything and she'll take it trust me bro and sons (laughs) 
pretty much. Um, but extortion is the answer and no attorney worth a damn advised her to say, you know, give me $10,000 and this all goes away. Okay. Like, no, that's not a thing. No, that's a lawyer not didn't thing. advise you to dox anybody. Like that's not literally not a thing. Yeah, absolutely not. The other video I made about this was saying that if there's a lawyer that thinks that Ali has a legal case, I said, we wish them peace and healing once they get through discovery because <laughs> discovery is that part where the lawyers actually exchange information about what they're going to be bringing up during the trial. And if there is a lawyer that mm -hmm. gets that far on behalf of Allie thinking there's some case here, they're in for a hell of a shock, a hell of a rude awakening once. Well, that's where they're going to make all their money, clocking all their hours. What money? Who has money in this really? Besides, you know, not Allie or else again, you wouldn't be like extorting people or whatever. Right. So what lawyer is going to do? Because that's what also I think what they said was that I wait, let me reread that. I think she said that she connected people to Allie pro bono. Oh, she didn't say it in that in that clip or in that um, comment. But I think that at some point that same lady said that she connected Allie to pro bono lawyers. So really someone's going to do this for nothing and then find out that just like, oh, you have to defend an actual person who is extorting these people, who's blackmailing, who's been threatening, who's been stalking, who's been gang stalking, uh, been doing terrible things, illegal things. This whole therapist like business, I know that's complicated for people to understand what happened there. But some, yeah. some stuff that was not okay is what happened there. So that's a lot for a lawyer who's going to think that they're uh, going to defend some victim in this case uh, that is her. It's just going to be a hell of a time because I can't imagine painting the picture of having a case here unless you're withholding stuff. Unless you're just lying through your teeth to your yeah, attorney. That's a bad idea. Yeah. But people do all the time. People lie to their attorneys. People lie to their therapists. It's a thing. Yeah, especially when they don't, when they act actually do feel justified in their actions, which in topsy-turvy world, it seems like she does. It seems like she very much rationalizes every choice and thinks that it was morally justified, which is just speaks to yeah. something deeply wrong with, with the logic there, uh, with the with the formation of the thoughts. I really think so. But and again, it's just an experience of constant, you know, going back to the to the beginning, she keeps insisting that we lied and and also conveniently leaving out that she specifically said that this person died of spiritual psychosis. And that's what we're saying she couldn't have known. That's a big part of what she lied about. And then, of course, proceeded mm -hmm. to then weaponize that idea at everybody, which was dangerous. But that's simply been proven. And I think to this day, she still has some idea like we lied about something. We did not lie that it is not yet known and can't be known and wasn't okay for her to weaponize that this person died of spiritual psychosis. Fundamentally, and then link it to that. specific people as if they caused that to happen. Well, yeah, yeah, that's like an extension of yeah, like but but it's just that simple. It's all there. It's all recorded. It's clear what happened. People are now all mad about how I'm obsessed with the idea of getting the coroner's report. I'm not. I don't feel like it's relevant. I don't feel like we need to wait with bated breath on the coroner's report. The point that was made was that there was none. There is yeah. none. And therefore, Allie should not have assumed a cause of death and then weaponized it against people. It is not a lie to say that that was not okay. So even going back to things like that, I think she really to this day just continues to paper over everything in like a paper mache formation and genuinely thinks that everything was justified. It's not. 
And a lawyer, well, there's going to be a point where the lawyer is going to see that. There's just a lawyer is going to care about the recorded truth. So the only yeah. reason this is spinning out so much in the social sphere is because I think there's got to be some part, some part of her that knows that it's like she's getting backed into a corner because you can't pull this shit with lawyers. So she can really only pull it in the social sphere and she can only try to intimidate us in the social sphere. And it's not working. It's not working. And again, with a lawyer, hopefully, I mean, they would have to. They have to do their due diligence because it's their career on the line. It's their reputation on the line. They can't take any like crazy client with some cockamamie story. Yeah, they would have to make sure that everything lines up. Not to mention, you've met, you've said before about how like the only time you would take a pro bono case as a lawyer is if you think it's a clear win and mm -hmm. you do some kind of like volunteer service or or you really think you're going to make a lot of money on it. Or, it's or like if it's some kind of landmark, like, life-changing, yeah. law-changing yeah. kind of case. And someone is like a, a true victim. And it's, yeah, it's got to be like this big moral fight or whatever. This is none of those things. She might posture mm. like it's the second. But dig in there and it's not. It's just a stalker who's trying to extort people and blackmail them. What happened with her TikTok accounts had nothing to do with either of us it's not illegal to create a hashtag to deplatform someone and yeah. it's not illegal to be deplatformed so many people so many bigger better influencers on tiktok have been deplatformed for a hell of a lot less than what she was doing and uh there's there's no legal cases against any of them her trademarks were purchased also that purchase had nothing to do with you or i at all had nothing to do with us and also i mean yeah none of us neither of us put money into that whatsoever and then the other thing that always gets me is that she she always says that we destroyed her business but she also says that she fired her client and she said something about how oh she goes if you read up i told you to go back and do your thing like something really strange gaslights me again and then i said I don't know. I just said something and I was like, you know, I, I know you're not meaning to, but I just started to feel like I was getting treated bad and I just wanted to say something. And when I said she treated me bad, oh my God, she goes, treated you bad? She goes, do you know how much money I pay you? And then, <clears throat> and then she goes, this is over. And she fires me on the spot. And I said, I said, oh, I was like, okay. I was like, are you serious? Sometimes she says that her client fired her. Sometimes she says she has four clients, had four clients, had two clients, only got had six clients. <laughs> um, she never had any kind of business. She never monetized her platform. But yet by deplatforming her, we ruined her business that she worked to get toward for two years. And at the end of the day, all of this started to kick up uh, she answered me for the first time, January 12th. I believe that she and the client like broke up around the 13th, 14th. So what the hell did that have to do with us? Like that, we did not destroy her business by her having a falling out with her only client or whatever, depending on what she's saying that day. Yeah. There's no logic there where we took away her business based on everything she has said. It has nothing to do with us so based on that to say that we were on the hook for thousands of dollars for her pain and suffering makes no logical sense yeah. like no logical sense at all we were not the cause of her trademarks being purchased 
And that action, that direct action is what got her TikTok accounts taken away. So we're not on the hook for that. But to to threaten extortion as if it's some kind of flex, congratulations. Now you're within the likes of the Harvey Weinsteins of the world because that's the kind of shit that he would do. Like, good for you. You're you're among them. The Harvey yeah, Weinsteins or, of the world, the Trumps of the world, gross. Exactly. Yeah, I don't, I don't fathom how somebody can claim that they deserve money for pain and suffering when at the same time, Allie is the one calling Carrie Ann a hundred times in a day, texting mm-hmm. Carrie Ann 55 times in a day over multiple days, you know, multiple there. It's like, it's like nobody even realistically believes that that's what you're asking for the money for. It's just blackmail. I mean, she went as far as, and we might play that clip later. Jubilee went on like a vacation this weekend and she went as far as trying to act like she thought Jubilee was coming to fly to you, pick you up, and then fly (laughs) both of you to Colorado to go murder her through her window. That's not even, you almost want to think that it's like some kind of paranoid delusion that someone's having to think that that would be, to think that a bunch of disabled women are going to physically fly out and try to kill you. Of course, that's not what what is happening, but it's not even that. It's like a thin veil for the continuation of blackmail because it doesn't even make any sense that you would think that. You don't think that. It's wild to me too. The same woman who's saying there's some attorney also said that she had seen, she wrote to Jubilee and said, I've seen screenshots of you giving death threats to those never happened. So either they're Photoshopped or what are you talking about? Those never happened. And it's just all an excuse for blackmailing us. It's all some kind of posturing. And when a lawyer looks at this, they're going to see through it. Because that's lawyers are pre, are usually like they don't want to lose their their license. They don't want to get de- disbarred. All of this like fake victim tears, all of this white woman tears, it only goes so far, and it only works. It works better in the real world than it works, I think, than it works when you're sitting down looking at actual evidence. Mm-hmm. You can't gaslight your lawyer. Very bad idea to do that. You can't abuse a person that's supposed to represent you in court and if you can believe it as a listener um extortion is was the least the least of what's been going on with Allie. that was a, a very small just the tip of the iceberg the next thing i want to talk about is defamation which is a word that's been thrown around from day one of this drama i would say like 99.9 percent of Allie's content is defamation against someone she built a whole platform of defaming people i would say it's just an opinion for educational purposes everyone (laughs) literally yes but i would say before the drama started with you or with me a lot of her content was pretty defamatory of of various tiktok creators that was kind of her thing as a call out content creator um so to define what defamation actually is it's the act of making false and damaging statements about someone or about a company or business organization that harms their reputation or their character. It's under the category of tort law, and it's a civil wrong that results in harm or injury to another person or to a business. So it can it's divided into two categories. There's written defamation and spoken defamation, which is libel or slander. Libel is written, slander is spoken. It's damaging. It can hurt a a person's reputation or their ability to make money but the statement has to be untrue 
and it has to cause harm. So that's what makes it defamatory. It has to be untrue and actually cause some kind of damage to that person or to their business or organization. Yeah. I found it interesting, too, that the Supreme Court has established that public figures and officials have a higher burden of proof in defamation cases than private individuals. And it's interesting to think about that in terms of the blurred lines of our contemporary world of social media and whether a case that went through like this whole situation would consider us all public figures. Probably it would, uh, especially Ali, which would mean that there would be, but probably us too, but it would mean that there would be a higher burden of proof Mm -hmm. Before you could call something that felt like a lie about you defamation because of your status as a public figure. It has mm -hmm. to be, it says public figures must prove that the false statement was made with actual malice, which means the statement was made with knowledge that it was false or with reckless disregard for the truth. So of course, a bunch of lawyers can hash out the interpretation of that, but yeah, you'd have to prove that it was intended to harm you and then that it did. And usually with the law, usually what the law cares about is money. Are you an actual person who makes money and contributes to the economy? Because that's all capitalism cares about. You're mm. a worker. So do you contribute financially to society? And then did someone maliciously spread falsehoods about you that caused you to be less able to do that? That's when society cares. Mm -hmm. And you know who that happened to? Prob arguably the most. And it happened to you too. Happened to me too. Probably Carrie Ann the most out of everybody because of this whole food truck. Like that's a very, that's like money out of society because of Ali's behavior. Money did not leave society because of anyone's behavior toward Allie. So that's a big stumbling block on her whole idea here. Mm -hmm. It's definitely terrible what was happening to Carrie Ann because she sent people after her Yelp listing. They left really bad reviews. I guess she's reached out to news stations and podcasts in her area or whatever. And that stuff definitely causes some damage and impacts your ability to make money with your business. Yeah. And she's um, telling very clear lies. Like one of the most often repeated lies is that Carrie Ann criminally or illegally, or we all illegally or did something criminal to get the trademarks out from under her. It wasn't criminal. It wasn't illegal. There was an advisement that entire thing that happened was under the advisement of a lawyer the entire time. It's not some illegal thing that people are now kicking themselves that they did they did something shitty and they got caught by Ali. That's simply not what happened. It's defamatory to say that someone committed crimes when they didn't. The trademark process is pretty straightforward. If it can't be done, it can't be done. Like if those trademarks weren't available to be purchased, they wouldn't have been purchased. There, there's no illegal way to purchase a trademark either it's available or it's not yeah so that's just one example of death i mean and then there's a lot more she's saying things like there's an entire history of Ann committing fraud a complete lie there's just so many more examples of her defaming all of us and then pointing the finger at us saying that we defamed her and i mean carrie Ann's definitely a great example of that also another lie that she has taken and ran with is uh, my book, my first book that I published, which I had a lot of help with because I used my savings to hire an editor for it and a graphic designer. And it, it took me a while to get that book out. And she said that the book, the book was completely 
AI generated. People left reviews saying that it's AI generated. My book was published before ChatGPT was even existed, but that's a lie that's out there and damages my credibility as an author and damages my ability to be able to sell that book, the book that I'm most proud of that took me the longest to write. That is defamation. It, it's damaged my ability to earn an income from my work and to say that I'm a scammer and everything I do is a scam. I'm just trying to make a quick buck and I'm not reputable. That damages my ability to make money as an influencer. It damages our ability to earn income on this podcast the way she trashes this and says that it's all about bullying her when it's not. It's, it's blatant lies, things that are untrue and cause damage to us, causes emotional damage, causes damages to our business, to our ability to earn. That is actual defamation. She says that we defame her but the, the differentiation is describing our experiences of her with documented proof that what we are saying are true or that what we are saying are opinion that's not defamation an opinion is not defamation a blatant lie that causes harm is an opinion that you don't like is not defamation. Yeah. And then the other thing being that I think people make mistakes, but I think that anything we've said on this podcast, the only thing that would prevent us from, if somebody said, Hey, can you just give us a source on that real quick? The only thing that would prevent us from being able to do that is the sheer amount of content that mm -hmm. she puts out every day. And the fact that it, it's pretty tough. Like you would need an entire day just to go find something unless you have a very good organization of the material. And even then, like if you have everything by dates, it's hard to remember unless you take extensive notes, what's in every video. Mm -hmm. That's the main thing that prevents us from going and finding the source. It's like, we've got this drive of all this shit and she just produces endless content doing terrible things. And, you know, really there's some level where it's like you have to sleep at the end of the day rather than go dig for some clip. But I think everything that we've said on the entire podcast is backed by a recorded thing that we can point to and say, this is why mm -hmm. we said that. This is, you know, so mm -hmm. that's true. So you can't, that's not defamation. Meanwhile, I don't think she can do that for pretty much anything she says. I don't think she can do that for pretty much anything no. she does. She keeps saying that we're going to come kill her and that we've sent her a bunch of death threats. There were no death threats. The closest that anyone can find is she grabbed out of context a comment that was saying that they were going to take her trademarks and take her off the internet. And it wasn't a death threat. And then to extend that to everyone involved as some weird... Mm -hmm entity is has sent me and my parents death threats are you tired of feeling unsafe online do you want to learn how to protect yourself from cyberbullying doxing and other forms of online harassment then look no further than doxed the podcast visit the website doxthepodcast.com to sign up for the doxed free ebook full of helpful tips and resources for online safety Plus, when you sign up, you'll receive the weekly newsletter with the latest updates on upcoming content. There are many ways to connect with Doxed, including Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Discord. Have a story to share or feedback to give? Use the contact form on the site to reach out or leave a voice message to be featured on the show. And for exclusive content, subscribe to the Doxed Supercast to gain access to the private podcast feed with member-only exclusives. Take control of your online safety and join the Doxed community today. 
that's way beyond the pale of just a complete lie. You have no proof. And that's a big difference. I made a little list in our notes of the types of speech that don't count as defamation. You've got opinions, generally expressions of personal opinions or beliefs. Uh, They can't be considered defamatory because they're protected by the First Amendment's guarantee of free speech. So saying what you think about something, expressing your belief about something, that's covered under free speech. A blatant lie wouldn't be covered under free speech, especially if it's a lie that causes direct harm to someone. So opinions are okay. Truth, uh, a true statement, even if it's super damaging, uh, that can't be considered defamatory. Like if someone were to accuse a public figure of embezzlement, but the accusation was true, it would not be defamation. If you were to accuse someone of being abusive towards you, that's true, even if that's damaging to their character or their reputation. As long as it's true, it's not defamation. Privilege speech. Well, it sounds just like speech that has some kind of legal protection behind it. A statement is said to be privileged if the person making it is protected from legal action. Generally, qualified privilege exists where a person is not liable to a successful action for defamation if certain conditions are fulfilled. For example, if the statement is not made with malicious intention. So certain types of speech are privileged and protected from defamation claims even if they're false, like statements made in court during a legislative hearing or between spouses are often protected from defamation claims. I'm it still not like quite... Congress is protected by it. So it looks like Congress is allowed to lie. Oh my God. <laughs> what it looks like to me. Why are lies okay between spouses? Yeah, this thing of privileged speech is a little bit confusing to me, but it just generally looks like there's some exceptions to you can't necessarily call something defamation even if it otherwise would be if it's if it's being said under certain cases within a court of law or like within congress so that's interesting nothing Ali's doing is privileged speech by the way so it's confusing but it don't apply to this situation yeah uh let's see the next one on the list is satire or parody so within that context that's not defamatory because it's not the intention behind it isn't malicious or to cause harm it's supposed to be funny yeah. Well, I think this is this is interesting because this is like something I think she repeatedly attempts to do because she's done it more than once. She'll say something that she knows is not okay. And then she'll follow it up with, this is a skit TikTok. This is a, this I'm practicing for my play Instagram. But then in the clip that we just heard, she kind of follows that up with a weird little maniacal, like baby supervillain giggle. And then let's mm-hmm. put seriously. So it's like, you know, but it's like she know you can tell that the fact that she's even trying to do the, hey, it's just satire. It's just a joke, bro. You're doing that out of a, because you know that what you said was wrong. So wrong that it violates the community guidelines and, and beyond. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it was wrong. You're trying to excuse it by saying, oh, this is just for educational purposes. This is just a play that I'm, I'm trying to work on my acting, but you know, that's why you say that because you're trying to give yourself a little bit of a shield for some of it. And I, but it's just wild to hear her do that and then be like, but seriously, like, yeah, she does it in her YouTube video too. She spends like a good 
20 minutes of that video absolutely trashing me and then says this is for educational purposes only like educating people on how evil I am I guess and she goes on this long rant about how when my narcissistic mask falls, I, I can't hide who I really am, but I talk in this soft, calm voice and then my mask falls or something like that. Is that defamatory? Mm, maybe, maybe not. But I say all that to say, I never claim to be nice. I've never claimed to be like a nice, sweet person. I do write by people. I do right by myself, but I've never claimed to be nice, sweet, or polite ever. Well, so. nice is not the best thing in the world to be. Kind is a great thing to be. Nice. Good is a good thing to be. But being good doesn't always go smoothly. <laughs> like doing the right thing doesn't always please everyone. And niceness is whiteness. Like society is like, be nice because it keeps you in line. Mm-hmm. So that is not the priority for people who want to actually do shit in the world. Yeah, I've, I've never claimed to be a nice person ever. Yeah, I think it holds us back to, to feel like we have to be. It's not the same thing as fair. It's not the same thing as good. It's not the same thing as kind. Mm -hmm. And it's not, I mean, that entire thing about your mask falling or whatever. It just goes back to some big misunderstanding about autistic people, which is exhausting. Yeah exhausting to deal with all this dehumanization of autistic people constantly in this situation where we're supposed to have empathy for somebody who's claiming autism as a shield for a bunch of things that are not actually symptoms of autism mm -hmm. and that's completely separate from some question of whether or not someone has autism there mm -hmm. are specific symptoms that are not autistic traits that you can't just say that was badass autism that's not an yeah. excuse for your behavior when the traits are not autistic traits that you're describing that's harming all of us, the autistic people, when you mm -hmm. do that. Um, that's not defamatory to say at all. No, no. It's just, it's it's written down information that's true. The other thing, and I know you're not through your list yet, but just it makes me think about the, the first thing on your list here was opinions mm -hmm. is something protected from defamation. And it was early on, she was saying everything was defamation. I believe she said that about my very first video about her, where I was, where I was saying, in my experience, Allie has bullied me. Allie has, you know, done stalker behavior. And I very intentionally, because it's not my first rodeo, I very intentionally said that that was in my experience. That was what I experienced of her. That's a, that's a different statement than saying something is objectively true. And so it was very funny that she started bringing in defamation early on because, because I know this. I know to couch what I say in my own experience and make sure that that's where I'm speaking from because it's not illegal to do that. It's literally a First Amendment protected right to free speech. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she said very early on she was going to sue me for defamation too because I said that she leveraged the story of that woman's death to mm -hmm. boost her platform. She did it for clout. She did it for attention. And she's been saying, swearing up and down, she's going to sue me for that for months. The, the proof is in all the videos that she made about that we still have. They're recorded, they're banked, they're stored in Google Drive. Like we have all of that. And it was it was an opinion. I believe that that's what she did. And a lot of people agreed with me. Not that that matters. I don't need anybody to agree with me on that because I don't need anyone to validate my opinion. It's my belief. And that's not that's not defamation. How she chose to respond to me was actual defamation. I'm the one who had a case there, not her. That was also my experience. Like accusing her of being a bully 
And very, er very, very early on, she's coming back at me with, well, careful, because you're getting into slander territory. You're getting into legal territory, right? That was like one of the first responses she had to me. Meanwhile, within a few days, everybody was hearing about how I was stalking her, which was just never true. It was never true. I never did that. And very much early on, early on, I was never even involved in any of those lives. Like I never even, absolutely nothing that could even be remotely called stalking happened on my end. And so she was accusing me of defamation because I said, in my experience, you were a bully. Meanwhile, she's accusing me of stalking, which is defamation. So it's like, mm -hmm. she's, doing, she's doing that to every, that's like her strategy, really. It's just like devalue the idea of defamation when you use it, but also take it on for herself and flip it. And 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 really at every turn, she's been the one defaming all of us. Mm -hmm. It really is just one directional. And it, I don't know, like, I feel like people always read and always when they're coming from the outside in, look at this and they're like, oh, it's like both sides. It is so not both sides. No, it's it's so not both sides. It's It's ridiculous how not both sides it is. It's ridiculous how much this woman defames other people. And it does not happen in the other direction. It does. It's not, it's not two sides. And the last thing in the list in what is not defamation is if the subject of the statement you made has given consent for that statement to be public. That, it, it can't be defamatory if you've had consent to share whatever it is that statement was. Oh, I also wanted to include in these notes all the reasons why a reputable lawyer may not take your defamation case. Because again, this word defamation and I'm going to sue you. And I talk to so many lawyers and so many lawyers think I have such a good case, but no one's taking my case. Um, that's been thrown around for months now. And there are legitimate reasons why not every lawyer would take just any defamation case. So the first one is lack of evidence. In order to win a defamation case, you need to provide evidence that there was a false statement that caused harm to your reputation. If you cannot provide that evidence, the lawyer might take uh, not, might not take on your case. There's you would have to actually have evidence at uh, posting a TikTok video and saying that you're recording your thoughts about something that happened is not evidence. No. <laughs> Her list of voice memos of her talking to herself was somehow evidence of me being terrible. That's not how the world works. Not even a little bit. No. And like responding to random people's comments by saying you're added to the legal case is not evidence. The second reason would be statute of limitations. So that's basically the idea that you have only a limited amount of time to file a suit about something that has happened and that amount of time can change depending i think on the severity of the crime mm -hmm. so sometimes the statute of limitations can be several years sometimes it can be shorter and it can vary by state but yeah if you've waited too long the lawyer might not be able to help you the third one the third one is truth if the statement made about you was true you pro you don't have a case for defamation then there is lack of damages you have to have suffered Damages, which is really the place where I think all of this falls apart, if it hasn't already, mm -hmm. is what business was ruined? What money? Your your fantasy about potentially monetizing in your TikTok in the future is not damages. You would have to show that you lost money. The people that happened to was like you and like Carrie Ann. And, and in a less tangible way, other people, but not 
Allie, if by her own words, she wasn't, she only had the one client that she, she fired uh, before any of this even went down. A fantasy of future, of future income is not damages. It does look like you can, you can define harm as damage to a reputation or character. So that can include emotional distress as well as loss of income or damage to a reputation but again has to be has to be a lie as well Mm -hmm. no one's taking this on pro bono especially not if you're a public figure no one's taking this on pro bono Mm -hmm. unless they're really thinking they're going to make money from it or unless they really think it's going to you're right unless they really think it's going to be like a groundbreaking case okay so it says in order to successfully bring a defamation claim a plaintiff must show that they have suffered harm as a result of the false statement it must be specific and measurable and has to be directly caused by the false statement for example if a false statement made about a business owner causes customers to stop doing business with that person resulting in a loss of income that's considered harm uh emotional distress is considered harm you can't necessarily be compensated for all harm all kinds of harm because mm-hmm. of the defamation case so uh, i put in a lot of detail about harm and what harm actually means because it's it's kind of objective i guess well we went we talked about this in a past episode at some point Mm-hmm. And I'm not really sure, like, I don't have a legal background whatsoever, but le- legal legal stuff actually is very high, heavily based in philosophy. And there's a lot of overlap. And I do have mm-hmm. a background in philosophy. One of the ways that I most, uh, that I think is best to define harm or most helpful is uh, is a model of different kinds of harm that is from a thing, uh, I want to say it's an article, could be a book. I get swimmy about what's an article and what's a book that I've read, but it's called The Violence of Heteronormativity by Goost Yep. So according to his model, you can get internal injuries like anxiety, fear, guilt, shame, self-destructive thoughts and behaviors. You can get injuries that are inflicted on like externally, like harassment, avoidance, verbal abuse, differential treatment, discriminatory behavior even physical violence, then you can also get symbolic injuries via like media representation. So systematic, socially accepted injuries like criminalization, lack of protection against discrimination, a denial of basic rights or citizenship. And he's talking about specifically like the kinds of violence that happen to anyone that's existing outside of the bounds of heteronormativity. But I really love this model for just describing what harm is. You know, it's not, it isn't enough to think of it just as, but I think a lot of times the law will tend toward just thinking of it as, uh, or valuing monetary harm more than these other kinds, um, things like anxiety or whatever. But I do think that there are reasons that we have legal fights that have been won for, for things like civil rights and for things like decriminalization and citizenship rights and protection against discrimination because those are very real kinds of harm and they're so real that people have thought it was important enough to fight those battles Mm -hmm. intersectionality is all about that it's all about insisting that nope we need to define we need to carve out a space for people to have rights because it is so damaging it's so harmful that it's it's a it's a denial of fundamental things about personhood mm-hmm. so 
so that's real. And I, and I don't think it should be discounted. I think it's often discounted in our society, even things like anxiety, guilt, who cares? You got some anxiety, but it's all together. It's not like you just receive one of these problems. It's like a slew of all of it together in a slushy of harm, harm slushy. Uh, it does matter. All of these kinds of things kind of contribute to overall harm. And I think the law does recognize that to some degree. Yeah. And the law is going to want to put a dollar amount on different types of harm, like the, the damages that the, there has to be some kind of like monetary value to all these different types of harm. And I think when it comes to emotional damages, they're probably looking and I'm just guessing. I don't know for sure. I'm not a lawyer. I can't give legal advice. But my guess is when it comes to emotional damages, the trauma that has been caused, the damage to your reputation that has been caused and the mental turmoil that that puts you in hindered your ability to earn an income and support yourself. Let's say you had to go to therapy for a year because of, you know, what your cyber bully put you through or what the smear campaign did to your business or whatever so you were in therapy every week for 52 weeks or you couldn't work for six months and had to take a leave of absence unpaid yeah like being hospitalized i think is mm -hmm. yeah when i think about Allie and the emotional damages that she may might claim again with the like the promise or the vision or the fantasy of what she could have made with her social media platform she is still an influencer. She is still on social media every single day. She's on Instagram every day doing her thing. So has her process been hindered? Has her ability to influence on social media, has that been stopped? No, because she's still able to do that just with less followers and people lose their accounts all the time. So I don't know. I don't know if she can claim damages if she, if it hasn't stopped her from being on social media because she still very much has a presence. Well, and especially because that's not even that's she keeps stating that she's being silenced. And I think that's just like projection because that's what we're saying. But nobody, everybody that has communicated to her the other thing she keeps saying is that we all wanted her to die and are trying to kill her. We have all communicated to her with our words, very literally, that we do not want her to die. And further, that we're fine with her talking about spirituality and talking about whatever she, or just being a weed influencer or doing whatever she wants to do on our platform, except for using it to harm people and to go after people, bully people, attack people, fight with people. That's the only thing that's off the table and the fact that she feels like that's equivalent to us destroying her entire platform and silencing her says so much about what her content was mm -hmm. because she, she really keeps being insistent that, that our whole beef with her is about how we were not cool with her going after harmful spiritual creators. Most of us aren't spiritual creators and we're not direct like like a lot of us happen to be spiritual but that's not the kind of content a lot of us were putting out it's simply not we would be fine with her doing that as a mission everybody has even said so uh there's a couple more couple more points on this list here so reasons why a lawyer may de deny your defamation case number 5 jurisdictional issues so defamation laws can vary depending on where you are and it might not be possible to file a lawsuit in a particular jurisdiction so that can matter and then the last one is client expectations 
Sometimes a lawyer might decline to take on a defamation case if they believe the client has unrealistic expectations <laughs> or if the case is not worth their time and effort to pursue it. And that bar is so much higher when it's pro bono mm -hmm. because lawyers are people with jobs. They're not just like, they're not just out here for, for shits and giggles. They're here because they either are angling, you know, or they're, or they really do think they're taking on something that's going to like make their name. Yeah. There's one landmark defamation case that I want to talk about. I listed a bunch of them, but the one that piqued my interest the most was the most recent one that I could find. And it was Oberlin College versus Gibson's Bakery. So to kind of summarize it, there's this bakery near the Oberlin College campus. And three students from the college were caught stealing from the bakery. The students accused them, accused the bakery of racially profiling them. <laughs> they were caught stealing. And the response to the bakery was they're racially profiling the students. Because they were caught, because they were suspected, because of their race. Yeah, because they're black. Okay. So the bakery claimed that the college and the college officials defamed them by encouraging the students to boycott and to protest the bakery. And hmm. spreading false information about the bakery, saying that the bakery was racist. And the jury found the college and the college VP and dean of students liable for defamation. The bakery won. For, they, got, they found the college liable for defamation because the students? Because mm -hmm. they encouraged things? the students to protest and to boycott and provided like some of the materials for their signs and stuff. Oh, wow. And, like the college supported the boycott. And so the bakery won and they got 25 million. Well, first it was 55 million dollars in damages. Mm -hmm. But there's in the state, I think it was the state of Ohio, there's a cap on damages. So they dropped it to 25 million dollars. Amazing. Incredible. But you can't just go around saying stuff that, that isn't true without proof about somebody's business. Like, that's a big deal. I believe they got the college for that. Yeah. I mean, the college is the one with the money, not these three students. Well, that's the thing, too. I mean, that's part of what that clip we listened to at the top is so ridiculous because she acknowledges that the people she's going after, for the most part, don't have the money to pay. Mm -hmm. So it's not like this is some big case where you're going to win $25 million. If you're going to try to squeeze money out of people, which you can't because you don't have a defamation case... If you're going to try to do it, it's really like a life ruining kind of a move, which is part of what makes it so, so not okay to try to pull that move because it's not just about some sort of like you get to, she's literally saying you don't have money. You should borrow it from somebody else mm -hmm. um, knowing that that would be like a family life destroying level of money for someone to have to give you. And also what people, I don't think people understand about defamation cases is that if you end up going to court, if you end up going to trial, no one comes out looking like a peach because both sides of the argument get absolutely dragged. Everything about your character, everyone you've ever known, every enemy you've ever had, they could be witnesses against you, against your character. Like you don't get to go to trial 
in front of a jury looking like a saint. Well, yeah, prayers for the lawyer that tries to go through discovery on this case on behalf of Allie. That's really all I have to say about that. Yeah, nightmare client. Nightmare client. And good thing she has hashtags with her name in it because that's all that lawyer would have to do. Well, and that's such an interesting case too because it is like, the accusation of racism is shown to be false because there's a whole other set of reasons why. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is a good point, too, that there's it's very expensive to go through a defamation case. And even if even if you do get a pro bono attorney, you can still have court fees, expert witness fees and travel expenses as well. So all of this ends up just being very costly. And part of the reason why I think uh, the threat can be so effective of bringing legal stuff into it is just because you can exhaust all your money pretty quickly, whether Mm -hmm. or not you're correct. This actually happened to somebody I was, I'm close to. They had a whole situation where their mother was, was elderly and they were taking care of their mother and their, the, the mother was living in a home, like a retirement community home. And Mm -hmm. the people working there started to suspect that she was or started to accuse this person of like being neglectful and also of trying to take money from their mother. And it resulted in this entire set of court hearings and stuff and all this legal bullshit. And at the end of the day, that wasn't what was happening and they couldn't prove it. And uh, the person that I know was vindicated completely in court because there was nothing. And it was these people looking for something that simply wasn't there and they pushed it really far, but it ended up draining this person's bank account regardless. Like it just costs a lot of money and Mm -hmm. it even costs money in terms of like, you can't work that day because you have court or whatever. Um, It just, in all these ways, big and small, it's extremely draining to have to go through an entire legal trial or court situation, whether or not, you know, and so it is, I think it's a kind of extortion and intimidation even to say like, well, let's bring this into the courts and let's like all waste each other's time in the courts. That's way scarier for someone when they don't have the money, you know? A free attorney means that they are waiving their fees, Mm -hmm. their fees. Now you just listed attorney's fees, court filing fees, expert witness fees, travel fees, that just the attorney's fees are covered when they're pro bono. Also, keep in mind, okay, you luck out, you have a free attorney. Let's say your free attorney is real nice and they cover all the court fees for you. If you lose and the person you dragged into court didn't have a free attorney, you pay their attorney's fees. So really pick your battles. Having a free attorney does not mean that you are free from having to pay any costs. And if you lose, you're definitely on the hook for the other person's attorney's fees and filing fees and all of that. Because people can countersue too. And it's more of a case for them if you're lying about them and bringing up a shoddy case Mm -hmm. in order to try to extort them. Thank you for listening. Find additional content at doxtthepodcast.com.